Woke up quick at about noon. Thank you for downloading the Thursday, April 30th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar. And before we get started, a quick thank you to everybody who donated to the Healthcare Warrior uh, plan that we started in the GoFundMe page. You guys helped raise close to $3,000, and that's just on the GoFundMe page. That doesn't count uh, the people who uh, actually went to Vibe Health Bar, uh, placed orders, and had them sent to healthcare workers or placed orders through uh, DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates, all of those different places. Uh, we appreciate everything that you did uh, in support of uh, this Vibe Health Bar initiative to help out uh, our healthcare workers. And of course, we thank uh, Vibe Health Bar not only for their uh, endless support here of this podcast, but what they did uh, for our healthcare workers here uh, in the Sacramento area and around the Sacramento area. Uh, so happy that you're here. Uh, th- this has been a great week uh, here on the podcast. It's been the best week. Uh, since this whole pandemic started. So I'm so grateful. Hopefully uh, you guys are getting back into some sort of routine. We were talking a lot about routines yesterday. My man Leon sent me a great text, him and his wife, because they were kind of tired of, you know, waking up and not really having structure to their day. They they like wrote out a calendar and things to do. And, you know, we've talked about this on the, on the In the Game podcast they used to do, but the value of writing stuff down, whether it's a schedule or it's a goal. There's so much. There's so much value in that. And I know we do everything digitally, and I'm super guilty of it. We do everything digitally through our phones, and you know we make lists on our phones, and we write goals on our phones. But there's something about writing your goal down on a piece of paper, or writing the structure of your day down on a piece of paper, and putting it in front of you, and you can look at it, and you can see it, and it's and it's and it's right there. Um, Update on my structure. I did wake up early again today, just like I did yesterday. The one difference was I didn't get out of bed immediately. I just kind of laid there, and then I thought, well, let's let's do something different. Instead of waking up and doing the show, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to take the dogs for a walk. Uh, that turned out to be a terrible idea because I don't know how many of you are, are regular walkers, or, or I don't know how many of you were regular walkers before the pandemic started, but... You know, I've told you on many occasions, I, I, I walk my girls twice a day, uh, once in the morning and then, you know, once in the afternoon, the afternoon walk has become, you know, a little bit shorter now that it's getting so warm outside. But what has happened over the course of the last month and a half, and this isn't, this isn't faulting, this is just me being, you know, whatever, cranky, I guess, I, I, I don't know, is I used to take them to this trail uh, near my house where I'd let them off leash. They run around to do their thing. I just walk along the pathway. We're good. We turn around. We come home. That trail now is flooded with people. It's flooded with people because it's the only time they can get out of the house now. Now that the days are getting warmer, they're getting out earlier. I thought, man, it's like I, I told you, I, I woke up early again, kind of laid around, got up, threw some clothes on and thought, ah, we'll get out there nice and early. Won't be bothered by anybody. We're out there like 6'10". People everywhere. And it's like, man, okay, so apparently I'm not the only one who can't sleep, uh, and I'm apparently I'm not the only one who who loves this trail. So I, I, I woke up early again and thought, well, all right, I should have just woken up and, 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 and recorded the show here for you. But uh, this show will post, I, I guess, a little bit earlier uh, than it normally does. Um, I want to address one thing really quick because I saw this on ESPN. I saw this on the the, the front page, the, the top headline section of ESPN News, and it was a quote from uh, 
uh, Rod Thorne, who you may recall, Rod Thorne is a, a, a longtime NBA executive. He played a big part in assembling the Dream Team back in 90, 1992. And there's been so much talk about the Dream Team over the course of the last couple of days because of, uh, you know, the last dance. And then because for some reason, Isaiah Thomas went on TV on Monday and was shedding fresh tears about what happened in 1992 about this. Um, here's what Rod Thorne said. This is what he told uh, Trey Wingo and Mike Golick. There was never anything in my conversations with him, Jordan. There was never thing. There was never anything in my conversations with Jordan that had to do with Isaiah Thomas. Period. He said, "I'll do it." Isaiah's name never came up during the conversation, and he never backtracked and said he didn't want to do it from that time on. So. Uh, uh, he didn't say that to those in the NBA office. Now, if that in fact happened, then it happened with somebody else. Because when I talked to him, he ended up saying he would definitely do it. So there's two things to, there's a, there's a couple of things worth pointing out here before I'm going to play this sound for you. One, it was, it, it was well reported that Jordan wasn't like all on board for the dream team. Uh, it, 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 it was never stated that it had anything to do with Isaiah Thomas either. He, when the dream team was first announced or when they first announced they were going to be taking NBA players, Jordan was like, man, I, I need my off time and I want to golf and I just want to be away from the game of basketball. And he was very lukewarm at best to the original prospect. And then they told him magic's doing it, which remember magic had tired, retired the, the previous November. So Magic was doing it. Larry Bird was doing it. And he thought, well, all right, you know, if, if Magic and Larry are doing it, then fine. Here is a clip from uh, the Dream Team documentary. This was the one I was talking about. This was the one uh, based off the book by, I think it was Jack McMullen. I always get confused because it's Jackie McMullen, but or, or it's, I, th I think it's Jack McCull McMullen. Um he wrote a book about the Dream Team. Really, really good book, and they did a, a, a documentary on it. And this is the Isaiah Thomas portion of the documentary. So take for this what you will, uh, but listen closely to, you'll hear Chuck Daly, uh, you'll hear Michael Jordan, and you'll hear one more name. I forget who it is. Here's the clip that I'm talking about. I talked to Isaiah at the beginning of the year uh, about the aspect he wasn't on the team and uh, he was not comfortable with it. Uh, I'm sure he is very hurt. He's a very deserving player, but uh, you know, he was not selected. Thomas was well on his way to a Hall of Fame career, but was also seen by many as the biggest cultivator of the bad boy's image in Detroit. And now Isaiah Thomas and Art Ryder swinging. Isaiah was the general. He was the guy that would yap at his teammates and say, knock him on the ass, do whatever you got to do. I despise the way that he played the game. Did you want him on the dream team? No, I did not want him on the team. Did Michael, did he want him on the team? Well, I can't speak for Michael, but... Uh, Scotty's got the biggest grin on his face. I don't think he wanted him on the team. <laughs> Now so let's let's end the notion right here, and, 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 and there's more that I want to play for you, but let's end the notion here that it was only Michael Jordan that disliked uh, speculation That your icy relationship with Isaiah Thomas is the reason 
that he So was, this is a clip from an old interview uh, in 1991 when the original Dream Team was announced. So you're going to hear Michael Jordan's voice in 1991, and then it's going to fast forward to when this documentary was produced sometime, I think, in 2016 or 15 or so. So you're going to hear a 1991 Michael Jordan, then a 2015-ish Michael Jordan. He was not selected. Well, what is your reaction to that? That was one of the stipulations put to me prior to me even committing that uh, Isaiah wasn't a part of the team. I was getting strong innuendos that it wasn't just, you know, it was coming from higher places that didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the team. Certain things are being pointed at me because of our relationship and, uh, and of course, about the, the way that the, the end of the game between Detroit and Chicago uh, ended. We were so I framed that wrong. It was current day Michael Jordan that went to flashback Michael Jordan. The group just after the Pistons had been eliminated by the Bulls, and it was a very bad timing uh, for Isaiah. Everybody had fresh in their mind the picture of Isaiah walking off the court. So that's Russ Granick. He's the vice president of USA Basketball. He's saying right there, we all have the image of Isaiah walking off the floor. That's a bad look for him, and it's a bad look for USA Basketball. If Isaiah Thomas is still disappointed to this day that he didn't make the dream team, he has no other person to look at than himself. It, the, the, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated how this, uh, this, this last dance has led you know Isaiah and his apologists to think that like, suddenly this this revelation of him missing the dream team because of his behavior is new. And I, I thought the, I thought the, the, you know, the phrasing of the, the, the current day Jordan there was, was fantastic. Uh, they, it, it was clear to me when they presented it to me that Isaiah wouldn't be a part of the team. I mean, think about that for a second. What can you do? Jordan's already on the fence. He's already not sure that he wants to do it. He's already, you know, he had just come off his first NBA Finals uh, in 1991. Uh, they were getting ready to start their second season, so it was the shortest offseason that he had ever had. He knew Chicago was going to be great again, and I'm sure in Jordan's head they were playing late into June, and now you've got a situation where they're playing late into June, and now suddenly i got to play you know, in, in, in these tournaments all across the world, I got to play in this tournament of a uh, tournament of Americas. I got to go to Monte Carlo and, you know, and then I got to go to Barcelona for three weeks and then we come back and it's September and I essentially got to get ready for the next NBA season. So remember Jordan's like, ah, I don't know that I want to do that. Well, magic's doing it. Okay. That's a, that's a big deal. Larry's doing it. Okay. That's, that's, that's a big deal. Isaiah's not doing it. It's a selling point. And it took me all of 35 seconds to look this up and how, how ESPN has just continued to stretch this story out. Maybe it's building to some big moment in the next episode of, of The Last Dance. And, and I, I assume that the Dream Team is going to be covered in the next episode because we're just coming off of the 1991 championship. Well, you know, math has us going into 1992. I'm I'm just so like I I just was so stunned when I that that Isaiah Thomas clip that I played for you earlier this week I think it was on Get Up like we're we're making this new again I know we're starved for content we're starved for sports but Isaiah's starved to make himself matter in this Michael Jordan conversation go back to what I said before he desperately wants Michael Jordan to like him and he just doesn't.
He he doesn't. And I, not only he doesn't, he won't. He has no interest in liking him. I, I, I'm, I know that's old news. And I know I'm the one who I keep talking about. How does this keep getting brought up? My dumbass is the one that keeps bringing it up. But I read that article and I was like, I've got to find this Dream Team documentary. And it seriously, it took me 40 seconds. I even managed to skip to the right part. And you heard from all of the parties involved right there. You heard from past Michael Jordan, present Michael Jordan. And then you heard from uh, the vice president of USA Basketball. We're like, hey, we had to select that team right after the 90. You know, we were selecting that team as, you know, right after the 91 season. And our lasting image was uh, of Isaiah Thomas was him walking off the court. And I love this. Oh, you know, now are there are these articles about how we don't respect the Detroit Pistons enough. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like Bill Lambeer is running around telling everybody who will listen that the Chicago Bulls beat them because the Pistons got old. It's like, cool. Like, okay, there, there's probably some fact to that. Just like the Pistons beat the Boston Celtics because the Boston Celtics got old. Man, again, I know we're starved for sports content, but gosh. Bless it, man. Look back. You know that you know why the Detroit Pistons don't get the 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 level of respect some think they deserve? The same reason the Philadelphia 76ers don't. You go back to the to the to the eighties, the Philadelphia 76ers won one championship. The uh, the um Detroit Pistons won two. Would the Lakers win like five? Would the Celtics win? Was it between between eighty to ninety? So we're talking, you know, what is that? Three for them? Was it five to three? Or I can't remember if it was five to three or five to two. That's why they don't get the respect they deserve, because they're not on the level of that Detroit Pistons team. They're not on the level of that Los Angeles Lakers team. They were the third best team of the decade at best. All they did of note is they were the obstacle in the way of Michael Jordan. And hey, Rodman's a Hall of Famer. Isaiah's a Hall of Famer. Um, Joe Dumars is a Hall of Famer. And, and everything I heard, I think if you go further into that documentary, I'm not going to play the whole audio thing for you, but when you know, I, I told you about this when John Stockton was injured. The guy they were considering replacing him with wasn't Isaiah Thomas. It was Joe Dumars. Oh, imagine the slap in the face for Isaiah Thomas if an injury slip, if not only he wasn't one of the, what was it, uh, 11 pros, one amateur, not only was he not one of the 11 uh, NBA players selected, he wasn't one of the 12 NBA players selected, and his teammate was picked over him. I can't imagine Joe Dumars on that team, though, just because of the way Joe Dumars played. Like, I just can't envision it. Like, Joe, DeMar- Joe, Joe was so, like, you know, gritty and defensive-oriented, and that team they didn't have any trouble playing defense. I mean, they shut guys down pretty easily. That's one thing, and maybe they are, and I just haven't noticed. If the NBA wants to uh, pique my interest, and in, they probably need some assistance from NBC, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure how the the, the relationship works, but air air an old Dream Team game. Air like air like USA versus uh, Angola in 1992, or you. Re- you want to get you want to pop a primetime rating if you're ESPN or you're NBC. Air the entire video of that legendary practice from Monte Carlo where it was Jordan's team 
versus Magic's team. Air that entire video with fresh commentary. With 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 commentary from from Mike Breen and and uh, you know Jeff Van Gundy and Doris Burke could be doing uh, uh, Zoom interviews, you know, with with players present day as that's happening. Like you you want a popper rating, air that because I I still haven't I I don't think that that video has ever been released in its entirety. I still want to see that. Uh, we'll stick with basketball just for the. For the briefest of heartbeats, we'll segue, huh? Feeding into the hype here, we'll segue from Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, to LeBron James and the LeBron James Family Foundation. Uh, they're partnering with the XQ Institute and the Entertainment Institute Foundation to present uh, a program called Graduate Together. America honors the high school class of 2020. It is airing across uh, ABC, CBS. Fox. It's going to be on NBC, Facebook, Instagram. It's going to be on YouTube, Snapchat. It's going to be on TikTok. It's going to be virtually anywhere that you can get content. This uh, this show to celebrate the high school graduates of 2020 uh, is going to be available. And and, and LeBron is partners uh, with these institutes. Uh, James Springhill Productions has sponsored or has uh, jumped on board here. And there's going to be you know, there's going to be a bunch of performances and speakers and all that sort of different things. And I thought, man, this is this is nice. You know, I think they said there's like three million high school seniors who you know, they they won't really get to graduate. And ultimately, I, I you know pose the question, and and maybe they have a maybe they I I don't know how you can honor three million people. Like I don't know how you can honor you know. Three million kids out there looking to graduate. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? I've seen, and I, and I admire, like, I, I applaud. We're all trying to figure different things out. Like, I know a, a local media company did, like, a, um, uh, like, like a, a, a prom, like a, you know, it, it, was, it was supposed to be like a virtual prom where you, you know, you log in and you can, you can see such and such perform and such and such perform and, and, and that's what you got. And it's like, all right, like that's cool. But, but in like, what, is, what does that do? You know what I mean? Like, and, and again, I applaud them like they're trying, but man, if you've got a, a son or a daughter who, who is graduating from high school this year, nothing's going to take the place of, of that moment. Their name is called. Nothing's going to take the place of, where they're with their closest friends and they've get they get to you know throw their their cap in the air, or not their cap, they get to throw their uh, yeah their cap they get to throw the cap in the air. What am I talking about? Um, it's tough, man. Like I I feel so bad. And and again, I I applaud them. Like this, it's it's cool that it's airing across all of these networks. Hopefully, uh, you know I don't know. Hopefully, you know the class of twenty twenty can find a way to. Maybe maybe this will work for them. Maybe I know I know some seniors have gotten their you know their caps and gowns now, and you know maybe this could be the world's largest graduation where you know everybody puts them on and 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 you know in the moment uh, LeBron or whatever celebrity says you know congratulations to the class of 2020 wherever they're standing wherever they're sitting they could throw their hat in the air. Um, I, I just I, I wanted to applaud LeBron and and applaud the people that are doing this. I know Bad Bunny's performing. The Jonas Brothers, Brothers Farrell Williams is performing. Uh, Megan Rapinoe is going to be a part of it. Like 
all deserve applause. I just, it's also worth pointing how, how I just feel for the class of 2020, uh, particularly in high school. I, I don't know that, obviously, I think graduating in college is more of a, um, I think it's a different type of accomplishment than graduating high school. Uh, this is obviously a, a, a big moment. I'm trying to think back to, to my high school graduation. Like I remember the moment my, you know, my, my name was called. I remember being seated with, you know, my best friend at the time and, you know, all of those different things. I remember we sat in the same seats that, you know, my best friend is a year uh, uh, older than me. And we sat in the same seats that, uh, you know, like our, our two closest friends sat in, you know, the year prior. So there was all these, you know, different little things and the pictures taken afterwards. So hopefully the class of 2020 can find some way. Uh, hopefully this this winds up being something special for them. I think it's coming up on, I don't think, I know it's coming up on May 16th across all of those platforms uh, that we just talked about. A uh, good time to mention here before we segue, uh, skynaturalcbd.com, uh, head over there. Uh, whether it's for the treats for your pet, whether it's the treats for you, uh, the hemp oil extract is awesome. Uh, I've been using, I continue to use the CBD bomb uh, as I've had some pretty good workouts here over the the quarantine. I told you before, I've, I've got a good gym. I don't have a lot else to do besides pump out content here. And so I create podcast content and work out. That's essentially what my quarantine has been like. And so uh, I've been using the bomb quite a bit. Uh, head over to skynaturalcbd.com and use the promo code in the game. That will get you 15% off your order, even if the product you're already ordering is on sale. If it's on sale for 20%, you'll get an extra 15% off. If it's on sale for 35%, you'll still get the extra 15% off. So go check that out, skynaturalscbd.com. We appreciate all they do here for the podcast and all of the stuff they do uh, for our community. Is I, I think I've told you this before, Sky and Vibe, they're kind of linked together. Uh, a lot of the same people are involved, and that's how I got involved with them. They're, you know, a, a, a great group of individuals. Obviously, if you, you know, follow Matt Barnes on social media, you know Matt Barnes is a part of Vibe Health Bar. You know Uriah Faber is a part of Vibe Health Bar. Um, and then the guys that I've worked with at Sky Naturals, man, those are just some of the best guys in the world. Uh, I want to send some Sky Natural CBD bomb to Alex Smith. How's that for a segue here? As a matter of fact, here's another segue for you. Since the talk of the sports world is documentaries, there's another one coming up on Friday I think you should take a look at. Not necessarily a documentary, but a E60, you know, the the, 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 the journalist stuff that ESPN does. Uh, it's an E60 presentation called Project 11, and it's looking at the life of Alex Smith. And, you know, we, we talked about this in length, and I'm sure you've read about it on multiple occasions. Uh, when Alex Smith broke his right fibia and tibia against the Texans in November of 2018, he was in really, really, really bad shape. And uh, they have, I, I'm not sure when this uh, documentary picks up on Alex Smith. I assume it's going to be covered that he was the number one overall pick for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I assume his interesting, um, was it 15 seasons in the NFL? Uh, uh, in I, I think 15 minus, what, three, four? Kansas City. Da, 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 da. Yeah, about, about, about five seasons, I think. So, 
yeah, I, I, five seasons leaving San Francisco is what I was trying to get to. Um, the time with Harbaugh, the time before Harbaugh, the constant change in offensive coordinators. I assume all of that stuff is going to be covered, but I think the focus uh, will be on his attempted recovery uh, from this injury. Uh, looking back, I was able to pull up his injury history. Uh, he started a total of seven games his rookie season. He missed four because of a knee injury. That was in 2005. In 2007, he suffered a dislocated shoulder against the Seahawks. That caused him to miss the next two games. Uh, he came back to play in three more, and then he was shut down for the season. He went uh, through shoulder surgery to repair those ligaments uh, that December in 2008. He missed the entire season after he complained of pain in the surgically repaired shoulder. 2009, uh, he came back to the 49ers. Uh, he took a pay cut. He got his starting job back, and he started the final 10 games of the season. In 2010, he suffered another shoulder injury that caused him to miss two games and saw him not play in a total of five. And then 2012 was the game changer. Uh, he gets the 49ers off to a 6-2-1 start. He suffers a concussion against the Rams. And if I recall correctly, this was a self-reported concussion. Like, he went to the 49ers and said, hey, there's something wrong here. And then, of course, Colin Kaepernick comes in. And Alex Smith never gets his starting job back there in San Francisco. 49ers go to the Super Bowl. He's traded to the Chiefs. He is phenomenal uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He only misses a total of four games over the next five seasons. He's 50 and 26 in that span, and he still gets replaced. The only quarterbacks with more wins in that time frame were Tom Brady, who had 60, and Russell Wilson, who had 54. Again, in that time frame with the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith was 50 and 26, and he still lost his job to the man who turned out to be the greatest quarterback uh, to ever, ever exist. Maybe should point this out as well. That time frame, 60 wins for Brady, 54 wins for Russell Wilson, 50 for Alex Smith. Anyone, anybody want to guess who's number four? That dramatic pause is to give you time to think and perhaps even blurt your answer out honest replies only 888-5898 who got it right cam newton 49 26 and one over that same time frame and then alex smith gets traded to washington or i don't actually i don't think he gets traded he winds up signing with washington signs that big deal thank goodness he signs that massive deal and then he winds up getting hurt, as we just pointed out there, uh, during the Houston Texans, uh, or against the Houston Texans, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm excited to see it because the la you know, there was minimal coverage. I mean, I think there was, you know, there was talk of like he might lose his leg, like he couldn't walk for a while. I mean, he was, uh, you know, a months and months and months and months and months and months removed from the surgery and he still wasn't walking. There was a lot of concern uh, for Alex Smith. So, you know, I'm anxious to see what project 11 looks like. I, uh, you know, I've told you this before. I, 
I'm really hoping he'd just retire. And I understand the desire to to want to come back and to want to prove to yourself that you could do it, want to prove to everybody else that you could do it. But now, you, in obviously, you can't. You know, you <laughs> you say that in these times, you can't live life in fear. And I think that's what Alex Smith is trying to show. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back, and I'm going to prove that I can get back there on the football field. And I noticed the last time I saw him give, a, you know, an extensive interview, he said, and you rarely hear athletes say this, if ever, Alex Smith acknowledged, you know, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it back from this. Like, I honestly don't know what is next for me in terms of my career, but I'm going to try. I'm going to attempt to come back, and that's that's what he's doing. So Project 11, that's tomorrow, uh, or depending on what day you're listening to this. Sorry, I've got to get better with doing that. It's Friday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So uh, check that out, Project 11, a uh, E60 presentation on Alex Smith. Let's stick with quarterbacks, man. The segues are just rolling right here. Uh, Brett Favre said he thinks Aaron Rodgers will follow the same career path that he did. So what Brett Favre is saying is that he'll fake a retirement so we can go to the Minnesota Vikings, but the Green Bay Packers won't buy it, and then he'll get stuck with the Jets for a year. He'll fake another retirement, get released, and then he'll get to play for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not sure if that's exactly what he meant. I think what he meant more was he'd finish his career elsewhere, now that the Green Bay Packers selected Jordan Love in the first round of the NFL draft. Brett Favre told Rich Eisen, I think he'll play somewhere else. Uh, my gut tells me he's not going to finish his career with the Packers. I don't know this for certain, but I guarantee you it's got the wheels turning in Aaron's mind. If that's the case, then that means there's a chip on his shoulder towards the organization that otherwise was not there. All he needs is a reason other than this reason to expedite that. I feel like Aaron Rodgers constantly has a chip on his shoulder. He is the you know most regularly cranky quarterback in the NFL. He's the most regularly cranky, like high end quarterback in the NFL. Um, and I and I understand that Brett Favre here. I don't, I don't know what type of relationship that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers have, but I think Brett Favre is projecting his experience on Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre, obviously, and he's well-equipped to do so in that he was in the same exact position Aaron Rodgers is in now. Brett Favre was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers when the Green Bay Packers selected Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure that put a thought in Brett Favre's mind that, oh, okay, we doing this? All right. And, you know, I think I read, you know, somewhere, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a fantastic mentor for Jordan Love. Like, really? What? <laughs> Like, what, what in the world leads you to believe that? Brett Favre wasn't that for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, I, I no, I, I don't see that at all. But maybe, maybe that's, maybe our public perception of Aaron Rodgers is wrong. Aaron Rodgers is 36, about the same age. I think Brett Favre was 35 uh, when Rodgers was drafted. He's 36, but he has four years remaining on his $134 million contract extension that he signed in 2018. Of course, it's probably not really four years, and it's definitely not $134 million. He's virtually untradeable, though, until after the 2021 season. 
that's when the cap money changes a little bit and he can get moved. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be moved. I don't know that Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback, but man, the Green Bay Packers sure have given us a lot to talk about. The Green Bay Packers sure have given us the, you know, the opportunity to create a story where there might not actually be one. Now it's it's hard to envision a team taking a quarterback in the first round without having aspirations of him being a, a part of your team moving forward. Like this wasn't if this was a third round pick, it'd be like, oh, all right. Okay, interesting. But, you know, third round picks are a big deal. Like, okay, it's interesting. Fourth round pick, fifth round pick, eh, not really a big deal. But this is a first round pick. You could have drafted one of the slew of wide receivers that went in the first round or even that went in the first two rounds. You didn't. Maybe you draft somebody to protect Aaron Rodgers. No. Maybe you add to the defense a little bit. No. You went with a quarterback. A guy who you must really like him. If you're the Green Bay Packers, you must really, really like what you've seen from Jordan Love because you've got to know he's not going to play this year, barring injury. And he's probably not going to play the year after that. And now that uh, more quarterback news, I I guess this is news. We've got to be careful with how we use the term news. Andy Dalton was released. And it's funny, I've been operating under the assumption that Andy Dalton was already no longer a Cincinnati Bengal, uh, but that's that, 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 that wasn't very much the case. He, he was, and the Bengals made his release official today. Um, so what does that mean now for Andy Dalton? I assume it means the same thing for Andy Dalton that it does um, Cam Newton. We just wait. We just wait and just chill, I guess. See where he lands now. He's not coming off of any shoulder injuries. He's not coming off any injuries at all, like Cam Newton is. So he doesn't have the, you know, when when Kyle Matson joined us on Monday, he you know he talked about I, yeah, I think what what's really hindering Cam Newton is the fact that he can't be evaluated in person. He can't be evaluated by a doctor. He can't be seen you know, by a team that wants to sign him. And that's a difficulty when you've got a player who's coming off off of an injury. Andy Dalton's not coming off an injury, and I think there's an easy assumption that Andy Dalton is a backup quarterback. Andy Dalton probably would have been a very fine backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I always feel like you want your, you want your, is is this, is this thinking flawed? You want your number three to be like the Jordan Love. You want the number two. That's your emergency quarterback. That's he goes in like if something went wrong, you want that to be like the the Andy Dalton type or maybe the, the Jameis Winston type. You, you want it to be that. And then, you know, your number one quarterback is obviously your number one quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers has been hurt. Aaron Rodgers played an entire... Like that season, Aaron Rodgers got destroyed. I don't even remember what year it was anymore. But it was, it was one of the last two where Rodgers got just destroyed by I think it was Chicago in the first or second game of the season and he's just held it's like he was held together by a string for the rest of the year I don't was that last year I remember Chicago and in Green Bay open open the season but I can't remember if the moment I'm thinking of is last year or not but he it was like he played the entire year hurt and we're just watching this like Aaron Rodgers is gonna have to get surgery at some point isn't he 
now, like later, like he, he's got to get something done, right? Like he got jacked up by the Bears. No, just went on and kept playing. But if if he gets hurt, I feel like you'd rather go with an, an Andy Dalton than a guy who's still kind of figuring stuff out. Learning the playbook, uh, doing all of those, you know, sorts of different things. But learning, learning how to be in the NFL. The Hall of Fame is, not that this is a surprise, but the Baseball Hall of Fame has been uh, officially canceled. Um, The July 26th induction ceremony, which is going to feature the induction of Derek Cheater and uh, Larry Walker and the other members of this class, uh, they are going to move it to next year. So it'll be a super-duper induction class uh, next year. That's right now scheduled for July 25th. Uh, July 25th, 2021 is when Derek Cheater and the rest of that group uh, will get to take their place in the Hall of Fame and they'll get to go up and, and give their speeches. I actually think next July, I, I, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out reality, man. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, like when, when is it okay to think about being around a bunch of people again? Oh, did you read, this, is, this isn't sports related, but it got my attention and it sort of made me laugh. I read this article uh, in The Hollywood Reporter that, the um the theater chain was it the AMC I think that's what's called the AMC uh you know movie theater chain they are pissed at Universal because Universal released um trolls on like iTunes and you know like basically video on demand and it was super super successful. And they had said, like, yeah, this this kind of blew away our projections. Like this, I think it made like a hundred million dollars in trolls in the theaters. Like the the original movie, the trolls. Uh, I think it was like a hundred and nineteen million over you know a handful of weeks at its release, and and the video on demand re- release was a hundred million dollars this year. And they said, yeah. You know, like we 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 may look at, you know, moving forward, we we may look at uh, releasing, you know, not just, uh, you know, uh, theatrical releases, but also video on demand releases. Dude, AMC was pissed <clears throat> and they're the biggest supplier. Uh, they're, the, they're the biggest, you know, movie theater company not in the United States and I think like India and a couple of other countries as well. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do moving forward. We're not going to air a single Universal movie again until they change their public stance about releasing video on demand simultaneously with um, simultaneously with theatrical releases. We're just not going to air their movies anymore. And I started thinking about that like, okay, like I, okay, I, I see this. Like I, I see both aspects of it. And then I started thinking about going to the movies. And I wonder, like, when you go to the movies, do you go because, like, it's a social outing? Do you go because of, you know, the giant screen and the loud, you know, the loud music? Do you, or not loud music, the the, the loud soundtrack? Do, do you go uh, because you want to spend $50 at the concession stand and there's nothing like movie theater popcorn and the, the big 80-ounce soda? Like, is that why you go? And this is a genuine, like, I'm genuinely asking this question. Is that is that why you go? Or 
do you go because you can't see that movie anywhere else except the movie theater? And, and, I, and I honestly don't know what the answer to that question is, but if the very smart and well-paid people at Universal Studios figure that out, man, I, we, may, we may, you know, this, this, this global pandemic may have introduced a new way of consuming movies. Like the, I think it was, I, I didn't watch it, but I, I know some people ordered it. And by the way, I think the, the Trolls movies are awesome. I saw the first one. I thought it was great. I heard the soundtrack for the second one. I thought it was awesome. I just, I just didn't, I, I didn't order the movie to watch it. But I think it's twenty dollars. I think in like nineteen ninety nine. I know. It, I think. I think that's what it was on, um, on iTunes. You order it for twenty dollars. You watch the movie, and it's a rental. Like you don't get to keep it. Like you have it for, you know, you, like you can download it for forty eight hours or something like that. So I thought, like, did they just change the way? And that's cheaper than two movie tickets, isn't it? You know, a $20 rental, is, it's still cheaper than, than going to the theater, it, it, at least going with two people. It's certainly you can make all the popcorn you want to. You can you know, drink beer, eat steak, do, do whatever you do. Like you've, you've got the control because you're at home. And it was like if, if, if Universal determines during this time of this pandemic, and I don't know how many more releases they're going to have um, over the course of the next few months or longer, but if that's the way to go, the, the way we consume first-run movies may have just changed. Because Universal may be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, pfft, bye. We're going to operate differently now. Because it's still revenue that's coming in. The rev- now, I'm sure that Universal pays a fee to theaters, I would think. But what does what does like Universal pay to you know iTunes or Amazon Prime or some of these different places in which you can download a movie? Like I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure the the logistics of all this because I'm sure there's you know there's costs you know everywhere. But what is a hundred million dollars? The point I was trying to get at, and I've been very long winded in my points today, so please forgive me. The point I was trying to make was: is it more cost effective to make? Uh, you know, because the, the, the ticket money was $100 million. But what's like, what comes out of that $100 million? And, and is that $100 million actually more than the $118 million in the theater because of, you know, a, a cost differential and what it costs to actually get the movie out there to people? Again, these aren't questions I know the answers to. But if Universal does and they figure it out, they may have, com- they may have created an entirely new way uh, that we consume first run movies from now on. So instead of waiting for, you know, I, I, I don't know, the 47th installment of a 58th different version of a Spider-Man movie to come out, we wait for it to be, it, downloads will be available at 7 p.m. on Friday nights. Psh, boom. Sitting at the house with all the popcorn food I can eat. Turn the, turn the sound bar up as loud as I want to and just chill and watch the movie. I'm all for that. I love that. I do like going to the movies. I don't think I love going to the movie. I know I know people who really love going to the movies. I like it. I like it. It's cool. Like I, but I really have to want to see the movie. Like really have to want to see it. I can't, off the top of my head, remember the last movie I saw in theaters. I'm positive I saw Creed two in theaters, but I don't think that was the last movie I saw. Hobbs and Shaw. 
I saw Hobbs and Shaw in theaters. That was it. That was the last movie I saw in the theater was Hobbs and Shaw. I think. Pretty certain. I think that's my cue to go. If y'all listen this far, God bless you. I probably drove you crazy a long time ago. But I appreciate you guys for listening. As always, you know the deal. Subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff on Apple Podcasts. Go check out uh, the new Patreon account I have up. You can go to DamienBarling.com. Click on the orange button in the corner. That's the Patreon button. Uh, I'm creating a... I'm creating a whole bunch of new content, man. Uh, you know about the wrestling podcast in the works. I got a whole lot coming. I've, I've, I'm creating different tiers on the Patreon account that's not really live right now. Most of the people who are involved in that are just kindly donating. Uh, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to launch a full-on business through that Patreon account, so please keep an eye on it. And we'll be back here tomorrow with more on the podcast with Damon Barling. <laughs>